In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Okay, here we are for the 33rd week in Ordinary Time. It's a Sunday afternoon, the uh, 15th of November. And it's a gospel reading uh, according to Matthew. Since you were faithful in small matters, come share your master's joy. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. The one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately, the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had five talents came forward bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, a good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not have then put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. This is, to, to me, this, it's a brutal, it's a pretty brutal lesson here. And I'd like to hear you guys just dig right in and tell me what's going on because I don't really understand it. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about related to this is, um, so the, the 
the lazy servant, like, so the good servants that we're supposed to be like, uh, they have, basically, they have the master's best interest in mind. Like, you also think of, like, bearing fruit. Like, they bear fruit for the kingdom of God. They, they, they um, uh, you know, I, and I think that's one thing to kind of take away from us is, you know, uh, God is the center of, of our lives. Uh, and, and um, you know, and we should do things, you know, you know, for him, uh, and um, maybe the maybe the lazy servant was, you know, like the um, you know that story of the prodigal son, where where the the at first son he, he asked for his father's inheritance, and then he goes and squanders it on, on like a life of luxury and stuff like that, and uh, you know maybe that that's kind of like what the wicked servant did, uh, you know he. He uh, basically squandered what was given to him, uh, the gift of life, you know, and, uh, and he didn't, you know, like, I guess God, you know, wants us to, gives us life to, to I, guess, I guess, to love, you know, to try to spread his love. But it also reminds me, there's an Iron and Wine song where it's about a guy who uh, takes his love and he buries it in the ground and keeps it locked away because he's scared of, you know, getting hurt and things like that. And, um uh, so that's uh, that's one thing I think about, but um, but really the punishment of the guy who who buried the talent, you know, whenever anything's harsh like this and there sounds harsh, I always feel like it has to be related to whatever that guy's motivation is. So like, d did he really think? I guess you know, he really thought that God was like a taskmaster who who who, and also. Like, you know, there's definitely a lie in there. So, like, the devil, when he tempted Adam and Eve, he basically, you know, had a similar portrayal of God. Like, oh, God said that to you? Well, he's really just like, you know, <laughs> he, he, uh, he said it for this other reason. And it's not, uh, you know, it's basically to try to get us to think of, think of, think bad things about our relationship with God. And uh, in this case, the lazy servant, you know, said that he thought bad things about God. And so... Um, I'm always curious whether it's like, I can imagine the devil saying something like that, like, like, you know, uh, God, uh, you know, gave the devil life <laughs> and, and then the devil's like, oh, you're, you're, you know, uh, you just want you know, stuff that doesn't belong to you or something like that. So like that type of response is, um, I like, and obviously the devil deserves to be, uh, you know, sent out where there's wailing and grinding of teeth and right. stuff. So, right. Um, so I, like, I don't, I think, you know, is it, was it willful on the part of that person? I would have to think it was, uh, he, he, he chose, he chose the lie. He chose the lie of thinking, of thinking that, um, of having that type of relationship with God. But, um, and, and what was this, uh, this is, this is what I don't understand where he said, you know, you, um, you did not plan and, and gather where, where you did not scatter. And, and that was mentioned again. Um, what, 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 what's the meaning of that line? I think of, um, in that stewardship prayer that they say the Holy Trinity, and one of the opening lines is, um, it's like, loving God, uh, uh, I come to you in thanksgiving, knowing that all I am and all I have are gifts from you. Uh, and, and so our, our, our life is a gift from God. And... Uh, and, 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 you know, saying that God, uh, you know, 
is wrong for you know expecting us to to uh, or like you know it's I don't know I, I think the it's, it, I think that response by the lazy servant is kind of like, oh, you know, my life is my life. It's not as if it has nothing to do with God, uh, which is not true. I don't know. John, what do you what do you say here? Um, I've always been told by my father told me that you have to uh, try. You know, you given you're given certain uh, talent is a unit of money, but it just it's also parallel to what you uh, have uh, certain gifts, certain uh, skills that you have in your life. You know, whether it be a teacher or uh, or an athlete or a minister, and you're supposed to, um, God wants us to um, at least, um, you know, to live life fully and try to use the, uh, use what talents that we have for the betterment of uh, the world that uh, in the time period you find yourself, so. So the problem with the uh, last uh, servant was just not even attempting to uh, do something good with the, uh, you know, he, he had the limited talent, you know, just the one. So he didn't have much to offer, he felt, and he just felt that he should just, uh, you know, not even try to uh, help his, uh, his uh, yeah, world out, you know, in the area, people around him. And um, that's not um, that's not the right way to live. Yeah. Um, so you know, my father my father would tell us that even even if he had taken the one and and uh, lost it, you know, it went to zero. Um, that would have been a better uh, outcome than um, than just burying it and hiding it away. So uh, you know, the uh, the one with five made it ten. The one with two made it four. And um, he was at least expected to, um, you know, ideally f from one to two or, or better, or keep it keep it the same while while attempting to uh, do something positive. Um, so you just have to, uh, and I guess you know, if you if you have more talents, more is expected of you, you know. So that's a that's an onus on person with a lot of. Um, Talents and a lot of people with you know even a lot of uh, skills don't even, don't end up using them. They get they get sidetracked by something else. So, and that's the sin. And then they you know you have to uh, if you don't uh, live life in a good way using your, your talents, you have to ultimately hopefully realize that you have to ask for forgiveness and uh, try to get back on track. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Very. Yeah. And, and and now I'm thinking about this more. It seems like the the, the, the servant who buried it. Well, let, let, let's say they even uh, shuffled the deck. You know, they could have given him five, two, uh, one, two, five, ten, fifteen talents. They could have gave him the most talent. And it's like, well, he didn't really care from the outset. So he he was just going to bury it, probably no matter how many you gave him. And then the other whether you gave them even just one, they would have at least gone out and tried. And, and it just so happens that the one they gave the most to, he produced the most and, and so on. But let's just say he only had one and he produced, you know, what he could out of that little one. You know, the effort was there. The effort was made where, you know, the, 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 the one, he just, he, he made an excuse rather than to try and fail 
like John said, that was a very good point. You know, if, if you have something, go out and it's like, man, hey, you know, I really gave it my best foot forward and failed and a lot of these, you know, these awful things happened and everything else, but you gave it a try versus, well, I could have just sat on, you know, what I had, did nothing and uh, just, you know, made up, up an excuse. But, um, uh, you know, I, I think that's a very good point that uh, Jesus uh, wants us to try to be fruitful and, and, and work to the best of our abilities. And, uh, uh, um, you know, make an attempt to, to, to do, do what you can. And, uh, you know, whether there's many obstacles in your way or none or whatever, you, you, you gave it a shot. And, and like you could say, win or lose, succeed or fail, fruitful, not fruitful, whatever you, you try. And, but, but in this case, uh, the one servant, he, 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 like, he didn't want to be bothered. He had his, he had a, whatever agenda. And then he was to make up an excuse. And, uh, and, and, and that was that. And, and, uh, um, you know, the, the, the master saw that, you know, and, and, and uh, yeah. The, also the, um, I guess the uh, master had, you know, he was a, which is an analogy for God. He had uh, been, you know, he had been uh, good to the servants, and uh, he. So this uh, this last servant didn't know him that well, hadn't uh, really meditated and realized that he would, that it would be, have been better for him to just, uh, you know, make an attempt to, uh, you know, use the talent and to try to be productive. And there would have been uh, the master, God would have been forgiving, you know. So a lot of people make good attempts at um, if they if they have good intentions to do something good and it fails, um, then um, there's no uh, you know there's no um, no problem with that, um, you know the. Um, like up in New York, they're struggling with uh, vocations right now, and they've been even consolidated in the Long Island diocese. You know, the two, the one for uh, Eastern Long Island and Brooklyn Queens, and then New York. They have to try to consolidate, and um, so Cardinal Dolan uh, trying to foster more vocations, but it's been it's really been struck tough, and they have they've had to close a lot of churches down. So he and and others have said, you know, you don't have to be. You don't have, in God's eyes, you don't have to be successful. You just have to be faithful. Because right now, um, on the surface, it doesn't appear that he's, it's being, uh, that things are too successful with the vocations drive in uh, New York. And also in other areas, too, of course. You know, especially in the Northeast. But uh, you just have to, uh, on a personal level, and if you're a leader in the church, you just have to try to be, uh, do what you think is right based on your prayer life, and then, um, you know, and then just with the way things are right now, a lot of people just don't take the time to, uh, in the case of vocations, to reflect on where they're going, what they're doing in life. So, so he's been uh, he's been there eleven years, and um, you know, a lot of people think he's he's very good because he's, he's continues to be upbeat, and uh, positive, and um, you know, so. 
The Pope has been in his position for 11 years? Uh, no, he's Cardinal Dolan, yeah, the Cardinal of New York. 2009. Oh, 2009. Okay, when did the Pope come in? I don't know, but I know, like, 2015 was the World Meeting of Families, and it was, like, around So, 2013. That, uh, around the time of that uh, Boston Marathon bombing? That was oh, that, that, that's when he came in and took B-16's place when he decided to step down, I guess. Right. And that was the first time in the history of the church that they had sitting... No, it happened, other, it happened a couple of other times. Oh, where they did retire? Yeah, for one reason or another, or they... Um, based on a, uh, a situation cropped up where the Pope didn't die in, uh, in the uh, papal office. Okay, all right. So, but, so. you know, we, we, there was a long run with, uh, you know, with, with Pope John Paul, and then B-16 came in, and he decided to, it was time for him to, to step aside, and they, they, they voted in uh, Pope Francis here, so. Yeah. Um, so like the prodigal son didn't use he 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 went off completely on he, he didn't use the money but for uh, for the wrong purposes he uh, so that I guess on the surface appears to be worse than uh, yeah, but he repented and came back and stuff so. yeah he did I, so he um, and then in the interpretation of that that's off the track a little bit but the interpretation of that um, parable is that the the older son, he was upset about the party being held. The older son was still going to receive his share, the full share. He wouldn't have to divide his share up and, and give the uh, younger son. The younger son was welcomed back, but then he had to uh, fall in line. Um, after the uh, festivities were over, he had to, uh, you know, he had to pay his dues and uh, get back in uh, good standing um, in terms of like. Also, in this parable, it says, you know, that, um, it's kind of like the master gives him the talents and then leaves, and he comes back later. And uh, um, and I look at that as, as like, for some reason, uh, in this, like, earthly life, you know, although, you know, God is with us, uh, there's this, like, veil over us where we feel kind of separated and... and uh, and so it's kind of like I don't know what happened with the fall and stuff like that, but for some reason it's like it's like uh, that veil is there, and so it's kind of like I don't know uh, for some reason it's like uh, kind of like that, like you know he's he's given us life and now he wants to see what we do with it, or what we're going to do, and we're supposed to, or you know once you you know, realize you know, kind of the situation and you realize like oh you know uh, we're in a kind of a, uh, a selfish place or something like that. I, I, and, and, uh, like, and true love is a selfless thing. And so then and you're like, oh, I got to live for Jesus or, um, and, or, you know, uh, give my life you know, back to God you know, who gave it to me. And, uh, and then he does stuff with it and, you know, and builds his kingdom and, and people come back. Um, but, uh, then the time when he comes back, is kind of like, our, I guess, you know, the end of our earthly life, you know, uh, and then, um, like when he says, uh, oh, you're faithful in small things, like, uh, uh, and, and then, uh, and then I'll give you like good things. It's like, that's, that's kind of, I think what happens after we, after we die, uh, and then he's like, uh, and you know, eyes not seen, ears not heard what, what God has ready for those who love him, you know, and, you know. All right. See, and that's what I, the, the overriding, uh, uh, takeaway that I hear 
from both of you is that God, uh, you know, he, he, he looks for the faithfulness. He looks for your faithfulness uh, rather than to be how much money you have or whatever you're doing, uh, however you're doing it, you know, but within, you know, the laws and, and, and his commandments and things, what is it's simply being faithful is, is, is what they're looking for. So. And I actually think it's like, it might, I don't exactly, I don't exactly know, uh, like there's so many, um, layers to, um, you know, uh, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. And one of them, I feel like, that I try to come back to is that, you know, you just got to trust in, in God, like, you know, Jesus, even through, this, uh, you know, the, the worst parts of life, yeah, uh, uh, just you know, trust in trust in God even through those, and be like you know, uh, for you know, looks like look, uh, this looks kind of bad, or but like you know, as long as you you do uh, you know, even the offering offering up your sufferings is like that's I look at that as um, you know we're saying that He just wants us to try, and, and you know, even like trying through those sufferings and being like you know. You know, I, I still trust in you, God. You know, I have no idea what, what you're what you're making out of this, but uh, I, I know that you are making something good out of it, and you know, I'm looking forward to finding out what that is. You know. Yeah, and, and 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 that's a great faith right there, Keith. To think that hey, whether it's fruitful or not fruitful, or, or you fail or you succeed or or, or whatever happens, um, you know, you're giving it a you're giving it a try and, and just saying, okay, God, I'm trusting in you. And, and, and that's what he wants. He, what he, he wants the trust and the faith. And then, like you say, in the grand tapestry of things, he'll let you know what, uh, what, 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 uh, what it was all about. So um, that's, uh, that's a very hopeful thought to have that um, uh, he, he is, uh, he's there for us. His presence is there for us. And I know this past week, I couldn't help but think in sitting there and, and, and getting some more chairs in the room and taking a, a step back from, you know, the harsh routine that I had, uh, saying that, okay, God, here's, here's, here's a chair for you. What do you think? You want to sit down and kind of think about what it would be like to actually have his presence there with you, just like him floating in and sitting there and saying, you know, how you doing, man? What's, what's, you know, what's going on? How, you know, you know, your, you know, your situation is what it is. Um, you know, you're here, you're, 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 you're on a, you're on a path. Uh, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm here for you. You know, with a lot of love, a lot of attention, a lot of kindness. And, uh, that's good. That's, that's, uh, that's, that, that, that's, that's a great thing. And, and, and Really, to me, it gives you a lot of confidence to um, to uh, be able to feel that way, that uh, he, the, the presence that he's actually present here uh, for that. And, uh, and like I said, with my confession experience that I had, I, I just thought that, man, how did, how did that happen? How did that work out? Well, it just did. And uh, I, again, you know, I, I feel I feel really really blessed this week, uh, you know, just the, the, despite, you know, the situation, um, I, you know, I, I just, I just feel really blessed. 
and, and there's, there's no other way to put it where, uh, you know, I think there are times, you, you know, you take things for granted, um, and there's an emptiness there, and you're looking to fill the void, and it's like, okay, you know, what, what, what am I supposed to be doing now? And then things, you know, things happen, so, um, what do you, what do you think happened after this this uh, situation like what do, what, what do you think because it, it sounds like the you know the, he kind of fired his, the one servant kind of let him go and then gave more to the other two and that's how he seemed to move forward what do you what, what, do, you, what do you think happened after I, I always think that happened like once you read this thing and, and you, you talk about what do you think happened Happen. It's like okay, and then what do you, what do you think happened next? And what do you... On the uh, like, kind of like the parable is kind of like a metaphor uh, for stuff. And I was I was saying how I think it's kind of like that the 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 talents that he gives us, and then meeting him uh, is like that's our life. And then at the end of life, we see him and stuff. So then what happens after life? I'm not exactly sure, but I, ho I hope that that uh, that the, that the third servant that you know, he kind of like went to purgatory or something like that where he, he that's like the wailing grinding of teeth hopefully that's just like you know um it's an unpleasant situation where where uh and i've heard people say that you know we were just talking about like the feeling the presence of god and and, and that's kind of like what i think heaven's supposed to be like like heaven's supposed to be like like jesus said um uh that eternal life is is knowing god and, and, and like being with him and i've heard people say that the wailing grinding of teeth is like is like i guess you, you like you want you want to have that but for some reason like i guess it's a continued you know of this like quasi separation uh, from god and purgatory and like you and something happens where you 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 know, really want that, and I don't know, somehow it's purifying. I don't really know. To answer your long story short, I actually don't know what happened in the afterlife. I don't really know. Yeah. Because all these uh, gospel uh, readings that we have in these messages, they all have uh, uh, an, an ending to them. I mean, it just spells out, look, boom, this is the way it is. This is what happened. End of story. The word according to the Lord. And it's neat tied up you know there and, and you could ponder uh you know what what you what the interpretation is you know for for years for centuries uh but uh it, it's stated and then boom that's it and uh you know like i'm a big old softy so i like hope that everyone has the chance even uh, at the end of life to um like you know repent and uh and see the light but in a lot of Jesus' parables, uh, and I guess the teaching of the church is that, um, you, you know, basically, like, you know, you really only have the chance here in life. And then once your once life's over, that's kind of, it's like, you know, uh, so you're, you're supposed to, you know, I guess, and also in this example of the talents and stuff, like, you know, he, he gives us life, it's like, you know, and, 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 talents during life but kind of when it's when it's done then that's it kind of you, you know you had you had the opportunity and so maybe um people maybe just like reflecting on on life uh bears fruit like you know may, maybe um just like 
you know, realizing that you messed up. Cause I know that's like one of my, my reversion experiences is basically like, you know, looking back, I was like, Oh, you know, I, uh, and so, so you know, maybe people who, who don't, um, you know, have a, you know, who don't start the conversion process, you know, noticeably during, during life, maybe, um, maybe when they have this discussion with Jesus about their, about how they use their gift of life, then, you know, they, they, um, repent and they're like, Oh, you know, I, I, uh, could have done better or, I didn't, or they didn't realize how, how great a gift it is. Yeah. Yeah. John. Um, the, uh, I guess that last, last part of that reading is, uh, the gospel reading is, you know, I guess Jimmy Aiken, uh, has written about the, written, I would imagine, um, does that last servant go to purgatory or does, is, is he forever, uh, you know, condemned for not using the town? I, I, you know, um, it seems like it could be an analogy for, uh, you know, his personal uh, judgment. And, um, let me grab this book I have so, for like a priest. You know, that would be something like research. Because with, despite what the prodigal son did, he, um, he was received back by the father. And the, and the analogy being God, the father, um, after he sins were forgiven. So this is what this is what the uh, priest says about it. He says the lazy servant of the parable failed precisely because he had a different concept of the master. He feared him like a slave, maybe even resented him for only giving him one talent uh, and giving more to the others. He thought of his lord as a as a hard taskmaster. Uh, the mission with which he was entrusted seemed too demanding and unreasonable. And then uh, it says, we can fall into the same deception. We are exceedingly vulnerable to it uh, because it gives us an excuse for being lazy and, and having self-pity. And, um, and then, you know, Jesus has proved that he is trustworthy. And, and uh, since trusting him sometimes means breaking out of our comfort zone, you know, sometimes we prefer to stay suspicious, but that, you know, it's painful to Jesus because, you know, I guess you know, he's he's proved that he's trustworthy, but then it requires that like you know uh, response of our lives and you know, taking that step and then trust. So what happens with that? Oh uh, yeah, it doesn't so say they, that. Uh, wow, that's the analysis. That's what I was asking. Yeah, well, then I guess that's what is that that you have there? Uh, this is uh, a, a book called The Better Part. Uh, it has all the gospel and then. Reflections on the gospel by this okay uh, priest. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. The, 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 there you go. So that was the re, that was the reflection of of what was thought of in the message that we, we talked about. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that they 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 put out something like that. Yeah. How, how did you come about that? Actually, got. Um, I got a copy of this book from my uncle Stephen, and then I uh, and I read it, and then I I sent that copy out to my sister Jessica, and I'm not sure what happened. I, I liked it so much that I got a, I got a second and third copy. I also sent my sister a, a, another copy because I just I, for some reason I thought it's a real good book. It is a it, it's a great book because the questions that I had that's how we started out here. It's like 
what's going on here? What do you guys think? And then, and then you, 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 you come up with, uh, you know, a, a, an actual... That's actually just a small snippet. You're welcome to, to borrow that if you like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because after I, I, I'd like to reflect on that and then, you know, I like a, a professional's opinion. Because I know, you know, I, I know coming along here up until this point, I had a lot of questions for Jesus. I said, man, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to like grill him about that. And then all the, and, and then I had like a, a, a reversion thinking, wait a second, man, when, when I see Jesus, I'm going to have like no questions. I'm just going to want to listen to what he has to say when I meet him and just, I don't know why. And, uh, then I said, I should take it a step further and listen here right now what he has to say because I'm always talking to him and I may be hearing him but I'm not listening clearly it's not it's not clearly because I'm always questioning things and it's like you know you don't need to question anything you just need to listen to him and I think that's what uh, I'm getting from you know this experience that I'm going through now uh, because you know, it, it, you, you know, when you pass on from this life and stuff, and quite frankly, I think that's how you know that you passed on is that suddenly you're there with Jesus. Cause I, cause I, cause people say, oh, they, they, they see the light, they see this, something happens, they come back or whatever. And some, you know, people go through illnesses and sicknesses and they're in comas and they come out of comas and, and they do this and they do that. And then, uh, you know, how do you how do you know when you pass on and i think that's how it's verified is that you come face to face with with jesus and uh and you're sitting there and then that's how you know that that your life as you know it is passed on and that's when he uh reviews everything with you and um uh i i, I you know I, I tremble at that thought because judgment you're, you're, you're going to have an immediate judgment and that's, that's for all eternity. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there's no like getting out of it or, or, or negotiating or, uh, or, or maybe there is, maybe, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll give you. Well, I actually think, you know, there's a frequent dream that people have and I myself had it, uh, um, where, uh, it's like you're in a class, but you didn't, but you haven't been actually going to class. And then all of a sudden you have to take a test for it and you're, and you're not prepared and stuff. And I always think, I was like, oh, I've had that dream a bunch of times and I know other people have it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like, that's kind of like, when, and you, I guess at the end of life when you're uh, at, at, you know, in this scenario with the talents, it's like, you were in it, you were in the, you were in my class the whole time and you, you, you haven't been doing it or whatever. And then it's like, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's a good way to look at life is like you've had all the, you know, you've had all these years here on earth to be in my class. Have you been paying attention? Have you been listening? You know, have, and, and when I talked to priests, and I remember uh, Father O'Sullivan, he made the most profound impact from the very brief time he was here. He said, you know, people, when they look back and they're, they're getting ready to pass on, or, you know, there's a situation that they often think about. It's like, well, what are they thinking about? 
and, and, and they say, is it, is, is, it the, is it all their accomplishments? Is it everything they've done, all the good they've done for people? It's like, no, it's like they, they think about what else they could have done or, you know, could they have, uh, you, you know, had, had, had a, a different type of relationship with their siblings or with their parents or with their kids or with, or with whatever. And that's what races through their minds because you run out of time here and there's just a very limited time. And then you start thinking about, well, uh, what could I have done? What should I have done? You did everything you knew how to do. That's it. And, you know, it is what it is. Like you say, you've been in his class, uh, you know, a lifetime and, uh, or, or, or are you getting it? So, um, that is, uh, that's, uh, something, something, something I think about now often. What, how about yourself, John? How do you feel about this gospel message and what we've talked about and, and, you know, what do you, what, where do you think is a good place to, to, uh, to be, uh, you know, when we meet Jesus and, 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 uh, well, again, at your judgment, you have a chance to, uh, you have an encounter with uh, Jesus and you get a chance to, uh, your life is reviewed and I guess you, uh, there's probably an opportunity to uh, ask questions about why this happened or uh, how something played out. And, um, and then I think most people um, try to make the best of uh, what their situation is. But then there are other people who um, who have have been given a lot, and they um, they don't even take the time to uh, have any. Even though they've been exposed to God, they don't even take time to uh, try to figure out what they should be doing. Especially if they have a lot of uh, time to um, and a lot of resources to help, they just focus on uh, focus on themselves, like the, uh, the you know the. Uh, farmer with all the grain, just storing away all the grain, and um, ultimately a lot of it wasn't used because he died, you know, before he wanted to, so uh, um, I guess you have to, um, if you believe, you, have, you should start off each day by meditating and reflecting on um, the best way to use the, uh, the day for, um, you know, for uh, God's purposes. Try to help out with, try to help other people out that you come into contact with. Um, that's a way of using uh, your talents. Um, so you have to um, take some effort, I guess. It takes effort to, uh, you know, to realize, to, you know, to know the faith and to um, to know what you. Um, how you should be um, conducting yourself. A lot of people just let, um, they just kind of um, um, let the wind take them and they don't have any uh, direction or purpose. And uh, you, you know, even non-believers, but, but especially believers should have the um, skills to uh, figure out what they, um, you know, what their general uh, path should be, and then you have to uh, react to uh, 
anything that might come, come along that might present an obstacle. It's, uh, it's definitely not easy. It's uh, hard to uh, negotiate. You know, sometimes you know, a part of your life it probably is easy, but then later on, for one reason or another, you uh, it gets hit pretty hard for uh, you know a lot of people to uh, to figure out exactly um, how they should be using their uh, their talents to help uh, themselves, you know, so that they're in a good place and then help others, and uh, as a result, be good, you know, be um, respectful and uh, of God in the way He we. He or she should be living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. And what what is a talent? I think that was a block of, of money, like because because uh, so, so somebody told me it was it, it has a, a pretty good value to it, like a, what what a talent was worth back then and what it's worth today. It's it's a, it's a pretty well, it's a sizable amount. Uh, just a talent. Yeah, that's right. It's some sort of a uh, Jewish currency. You know that that would be that was probably the you know the scholars would know about that, yeah. but it is actually uh, um, it is like a uh, form of uh, currency in the ancient world. I don't think it's Roman. It's um, it pertains to uh, this was from Matthew this gospel. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably um, he wrote his gospel for the Jewish people. So. Uh, the Jewish people would know, would have known what that what it was. Oh, Matthew wrote for the Jewish people. Yeah. And then how about how about Luke, Mark, and John? Who, who did they Mark write? was for the Romans, and then Luke was for the Gentiles, you know, all around the Gentiles. Okay. And then John is just uh, that's just a uh, you know that's just a universal mystical interpretation of the uh, the last portion, you know, the most important portion of uh, part of. Uh, the life of uh, Christ, you know, um, not really focusing too much on the, um, focusing on the uh, important parts of the public ministry and then, um, and then Holy Week and Resurrection. Yeah, I think John goes into, I think, rather than having a whole bunch of uh, sayings and miracles and stuff, John, I think, picks out like seven or nine of them and goes in depth in them. So, you know, like, and, and it's all like, in kind of like, it is more mystical and like, uh, you know. Now, now, was that that John? Was he the youngest? Was that? I've actually heard that, um, like Jimmy Aiken said, that uh, Saint John the Evangelist may not be the same as Saint John who was at the cross with Jesus. That that um, it may actually be a different John. But uh, I think that is the that is what people have. That is part of the tradition. Is that it's that John? But he has. He said he studied the text and has reason to believe. Like, I think one of the examples he gave was um, that, uh, um, I can't remember now. It was something to do with the fact that, uh, I don't know, I don't want to go into it, but yeah, that's, but it's possible that St. John the Evangelist uh, was not uh, the son of Zebedee, but a different person. Different John. Oh, okay, so they have the, uh, the, uh, the uh, sons of thunder, uh, John and uh, James. James, James and John, and and now is James is yeah, and and that was a question is is John is he the younger one who was sitting next to Jesus, 
who then went with Mother Mary? Or is there another apostle, John, who was at the foot of the cross and wrote the gospel? Because I think, uh, I think maybe one of the things is, you know, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were fishermen. And, right. uh, and then uh, the John in the gospel, or the John who wrote that gospel, um, he, like, knew stuff about, like, the, uh, the I don't know, yeah, so... Yeah, that's, that, that, that's what I'm, I'm clear about. It's, and the only reason I asked is because John knew about, uh, I, I didn't know that the, the, the gospel messages that they wrote, that Matthew had the Jews in mind, and that Mark had wrote for the Romans, because I know that Mark it was a disciple who assisted both Peter, who I think was converting the Jews, and wasn't it Paul that was converting the, the Gentiles, or was it reversed? I forget. Because one... Peter recruited uh, one type, and, and Paul recruited the other type, as far as bringing the flock, bringing them into the flock. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not sure which which was which, but um, uh, you know, if, if if Mark was writing for the Romans, uh, in the, for the Gentiles, uh, one of the one of the two, Peter or Saul, who became Paul, um, you know, one one recruited mostly for the Jews, one for the Gentiles. And as you say, Matthew was for the Jews, the, you know, the gospel. And you say Luke wrote in general for everybody? No, I think for the Gentiles. and, and uh, That covers everybody yeah. in the ancient world. You know, Jewish people, yeah. Romans were the conquerors, and then all the Gentiles were the surrounding areas. So, so yeah. for the time of, uh, that time in the ancient world, around the um, beginning of um, A.D. time, um, that would have covered um, um, everything, all of the people. And what's the AD stand for, John? Uh, the year of our Lord, Anno Domini. Yeah. Year, and then Domini is of God, year of God, year of our Lord. Lord and God being the same, um, in the Latin being like the same, basically the same thing. Year of our Lord, because I know a lot of people think after death, uh, for some reason, you know, with that, with that, that initial, but it's actually the year of our Lord when it started. So BC was before Christ, and then when Christ came, is that when the AD started? Like first day, the first year, AD, year one AD, year two AD. Yeah, at the, the birth, at the, the birth, birth, birth of Christ. Yeah, and the year of our Lord. Said. Okay. Okay. Well, which in a lot would say, you know, after his death and resurrection. So that I guess that was a way for you to remember it, but uh, that's a Latin term, John. Anyway, Matthew using the, uh, um, you know, using the term talent, that would um, that would have uh, relevance to any of the Jewish people reading his uh, his gospel. You know, that would be a familiar form of uh, currency, not the uh, the Roman uh, coin with the emperor on it, but the um, you know for their internal uh, business dealings they had. Some kind of a currency, uh, probably a metal coin that um, pertained to to that, and um, so um, and then the English word talent. Um, for some reason that that seems like it would come from uh, from Latin. So that's just a coincidence, you know. Talons maybe or talent would be derived from uh, from a Latin word. Um, I believe, I believe that's true. Mm -hmm. To look up in the um, 
the uh, etymology of the word. So the Jews had their own form of currency, like the shekels and the and stuff, and then the Romans had their own coins, um, their own currency. Yeah, there were they had a, they amongst themselves they had their own uh, currencies, and, and they bartered, and they had they, they must have had some form of currency. So, but again, that would have you have to read, you know, look at the uh, scholars, all the all the books that have been written on that. So, yeah, well, covered a lot of ground here. Um, That's a good uh, parable, though. That's a parable that um, I remember my my father especially would uh, he, he he emphasized that one a lot. Which one, please? This one that we read today, that was read today. So. Um, you know, of course, prodigal son would probably be the, uh, the top one of all, but this is definitely in the top, um, probably in the top five in terms of just familiarity to, uh, you know, um, mainstream people. Uh, I wonder how, you know, there are probably, uh, you, someone, there's a count of how many parables there are. There are a lot, um, which is the way that, um, for people who couldn't read or write, you know, telling a story like that, that had a moral lesson to it was the way it was just the uh, type of uh, mechanism um, that was used for, uh, for teaching. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you, you thought about your father, and uh, I just remember there were many times when I was... Uh, a bit of a radical rebellious stage and I was you, you know state the age of majority is 18 and uh, I remember my brother telling me that uh, he emphasized I've been taking care of you and and you know he stated so many years and I'm thinking well, how did he come up with that you know that, that number just blew my mind what are you talking about this number and then I figured out what my age was and from 18, so basically he was like my big brother, my keeper, that um, from the age of majority when you're legally, it's like, you know what, for legal purposes, you, your your own person now, your your parents are, you know, even though they're responsible, they're responsible you up to that time, from then on legally, you know, you, you, you are your own person, you know, but, you know, for the ages of consent for sex or for drinking, or for uh, driving, or for whatever, varies state by state. But that was what was considered the majority uh, that at, at that time. And um, uh, you know, I, I just remember my father always saying, "Well, you know, pack up your stuff. Then, if you if you think if, if you think you're right, and you're so bent on wanting to do this." He'd thrown his, and after that, he said, and you could pack up your stuff and you could, you know, go, go, go about your way. And I always remember that. And it seems like at the age of, of majority, when you're, when you're 18, if you do the math from when you're born till then, you know, most of us are, are entering our like senior year of high school and grappling with, you know, our occupations, careers, what we're going to do, whether we're going to go blue collar, whether we're going to go to college. And typically, you know, most of us do go to college and, you know, you get help from parents and loans or however you do it. And that's when you, you know, you really uh, need them, need, need, need them the most. You, you always, you know, need them and want them. But, um, you know, that, that, that's a very critical time and a great growth spurt uh, takes place then too, I, I, I find. So, um, 
that was uh, something something that uh, at the time when you're going through it, you have one mindset, and then after all these years pass, and you're 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 much more mature. You know, you you look. Yeah, that's one thing about getting mature is that you can look back and see these different time frames in your life and what went on, perhaps why they went on, what lesson was there, and I hope you gain wisdom from it. But um, you, you, you guys brought up a lot of interesting points. Learned a, learned a ton of stuff today from you guys. Uh, you're blessed. It, it's, it's like it's, it, it's coming from down high. I mean, I, I couldn't want two better friends to talk about their their experiences and, and their knowledge and stuff. It's just like, you know, I, I feel a lot of, it's just like almost God, you're talking direct through you guys to me that you, you're just a host of, um, of, of uh, just wisdom, wise teachings and stuff. And, um, as I said, I, I you know, for, for me to go away and say, oh, let's go to this, this speaker or that speaker and, and this, you, you, you know, you, you guys just haven't actually done. And, and, uh, and to me, you guys got a tremendous amount of talent, tremendous amount of talent. And I yeah, really thanks. It. And uh, those guys on Thursday too, the seminarians were, uh, you know, they're going to be learning a lot. And basically, you're, you know, to learn, you don't learn all about the faith if you, Go all the way through to being a priest. You uh, learn about how rich the faith is. Yeah, I, I appreciate. Uh, I I really appreciated yeah. that because yeah, John, you really opened up with them, and you're really opening them up to to uh, you know what what's going on. You know? Yeah, the guy in his thirties is uh, he's the son who was um, son of somebody in the uh, Tom's River uh, Municipal Utilities Authority, and um, so his father is. Uh, you know, that's a very highly paid position. And, um, you know, he's kind of a late vocation, you could say, just starting off was maybe one quarter of the way into it. And it seemed based on what he said. So, mm -hmm. so he wants to, um, you know, he wants to uh, make an impact with his life. And he's, he's just being very decisive. And then the other guy's only 22 or 20, 22, I guess. Said yeah, 198. But um, mm -hmm. it's good to have that uh, decisiveness. Mm -hmm. I know Cardinal Dolan knew he wanted to be, um, you know, he wanted to be uh, have a vocation. He decided that he was meant to be a priest at fourteen. So, so he was in a high school seminary, and then, um, and then he was named the Archbishop of New York, you know, by age uh, fifty-nine. So, and he, before that, he was in Milwaukee. And uh, so, you know, so he had a good direction and I was able to really, you know, follow through on it. All right. So, yeah, we're going to wrap it up now. Oh, I, uh, we got to go already? Gonna, yeah. It's five of Yeah. Oh. I was just going to say, minutes. though, uh, also, yeah. like, you know, so I'm actually an idiot and my life's a prayer. And so uh, <laughs> I'm actually given all my, all my talents. It's like uh, I'm hoping that uh, God is able to work through me because... 
I can't, like, by myself, I really can't do anything. So. Well, I'm a witness to that. And just before we go, how did you know to contact those seminaries? How did that come to you? I I saw, yeah, it was in the bulletin. It was in the bulletin. So you just reached out and, and just, did yeah. they encourage you to call and, them? Uh, it had a thing in the bulletin that said, if you, uh, seminarians coming, if you'd like them to, you know, stop <clears> by your house, just fill out this thing and put it in the, in the, uh, offering, offertory or whatever. And so, so I filled it out and I put it in the offer, offering basket. Very cool. Well, uh, you know, hopefully if they contact you again, please, by all means. I love it. And, and I like the way John opened up on the cap. It was like he knew this guy, you know, was from, and, and he's of like the millennial and the other one, the younger. He's like, I guess, Generation Z, I guess. Uh, that's that's the, the, the latest one because he's only been around for like 22 years, so young. Yeah. And then I think the ones that are being born now, like, is, are, are, are considered alpha. They're going back to the beginning. So everybody born is going to be like considered alphas. Uh, during, because I, I guess the, you know, the baby boomers, the X, Y, Z. Yeah, they have all kinds of code names, so I, I yeah. haven't really followed it too carefully, but, um, um, you know, next time he's here, uh, there's a pretty famous uh, Catholic high school out there. There's two of them, actually, in the Harrisburg area, and he probably went to one of those schools. Chances are, you know, so anyway. All right. Uh, up here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thank you. All right. Wow. Wow. This, guys, I'll tell you, since we've been doing this podcast. I'm having trouble stopping it. Uh, happened last week also one of the most informative ones you know I, I know you guys take away from it whatever you do but 